0: What's up everybody? Uh, we're here for another Prospects Podcast. I'm Carlos Colazo, hosting today uh, because I've got Kyle Glazer with me and we we're going to be talking about the Padres system. Uh, Kyle, I know you're used to hosting these bad boys, but since you wrote this one, uh, I guess we figured I could uh, ask you the questions and you could be the deep thinker here and break down these players that we're going to talk about and uh, just take us kind of through the system. On the major league front, it's uh, maybe a challenging time to be a Padres fan, but when you look at their system... Uh, this is one of the better ones in the entire in the entire league. Is that a, is that a safe argument or Absolutely. a safe statement?
1: Absolutely. You know, the Padres haven't had a winning season since 2010. Uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, I think it was Tom Krasovic who pointed this out. You know, the Padres are not considered an elite major league franchise by mm-hmm. any stretch. This is actually the longest stretch in franchise history that they've ever gone without a World Series appearance. Founded in 69, made it in 84, 15 years later. Made it again in 98, 14 years later. Mm-hmm. Now we're at year, uh, almost, it'll be twenty years. Twenty years coming up next year. Mm-hmm. Padres haven't been there, so in that sense, uh, it's been a little bit of a prolonged stretch, a lot of losing seasons. But uh, I think there's a lot of Padres fans out there very excited and eager uh, to see the future, and there's definitely a lot of reason for it. Uh, you talk about upside, you talk mm-hmm. about depth. Um, you know, I, I will say there are some systems. You know, if you look at the Padres top six or seven, yeah. you know the White Sox top six or seven, the Braves top six or seven do match up with it. Um, but when it comes to depth, when you get to the quality of the players we're talking about mm-hmm. at, you know, numbers 20, 25, 30, uh, even the Braves don't quite match the Padres. So you have, you know, top flight, upside, equivalent to the best systems in the yeah. game, and then you have the depth that's better than those other systems. Uh, it's uh, it's a really good place for the Padres to be.
0: Yeah, for sure. And obviously we're not going to go into too many specifics on the back end. You'll have to wait for the prospect handbook for that. But. Before you went into writing all these players up, did you realize just how deep the system was? You're obviously pretty in tune to what the Padres are doing in those players, but but was it more impressive than you thought before writing the chapter, or I guess how would you break down your your expectations and your thoughts on that? Just the amount of depth they have, as you mentioned, it's really good.
1: Sure, I think you know you knew it was a deep group to begin with, mm-hmm. um, but I think what was impressive was uh, you know finding out the upside on some of the guys, even at the back end. You knew that. Okay, they could be you know potentially solid average regulars, mm-hmm. but talking to more evaluators and realizing no, there's actually some guys there. You know, no, not many other systems. The number twenty two and twenty you know four type prospects mm-hmm. are guys that have above average grades on them as their ceilings. And I think going into this, you knew these were guys and guy. You know, hey, mm-hmm. if you can get a potential solid everyday big leaguer out of your number twenty four prospect, you're in great yeah. shape. Um, but then talking to more and realizing that even the back end, it goes beyond just, you know, solid everyday complimentary piece, but mm. potentially above average guys. I think in that sense, uh, the, the number of a potential above average everyday guys did stretch a little deeper than mm-hmm. imagined. But you knew there were at least, you know, 20 guys like that. And it's like, oh, there's actually maybe 23, 24. Yeah, so sure. um, just maybe to the degree a little bit. but. Okay. I think it was fairly fairly well-established. This was a really deep system with a lot of high-quality players. Gotcha.
0: Okay, maybe we can touch on some of the guys near the back end of the list as we go on through the podcast. But how about the top end? Um, was it a fairly clear-cut choice for you for Fernando Tatis Jr.? At the top of this list, how did the uh, the decision-making process behind that go? And I guess what did you find out about Tatis that maybe you either didn't realize before writing or that maybe you were even more impressed after or, or question marks that you were brought up about him?
1: Sure. So Just I think break that it, down, it, I was, it was pretty straightforward that Tatis was actually number one. Mm-hmm. I think going into this process, uh, there was a sense pretty clearly it would be Tatis 1, Gore 2. But mm-hmm. actually talking to people inside the Padre system, there was actually a sense that it's not really 1, 2. It's 1A, 1B. 1A, 1B, I think more interestingly, it was less about... Tatis and more about Gore and how it's actually closer than you might think it is, which is a testament to Gore. It's not a knock on Tatis at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with Tatis, it was interesting. So a couple things I learned throughout the season, independent of talking to anyone else, but I got a chance to talk to, talk to him when mm-hmm. he uh, got 2020 in the Midwest League. You know, it's more than just a kid who you know the skills the tools are apparent this is a kid who gets it um first of all he's 18 he's nearly bilingual so you see that you know he's engaging Mm -hmm. he's really impressive self-awareness all the things that we saw play out on the field a little bit uh, in terms of his ability to adapt quickly make adjustments quickly every single month Mm -hmm. at fort wayne his strikeout rate went down his walk rate went up and as a result his performance blossomed i think talking to him and really realizing it and just you know firsthand hey You can see where this kid gets it from. It's not just raw tools. He's he's mature beyond his years. Again, nearly bilingual, which will play fantastically in San Diego. Mm -hmm. You know, communicative leader role on his team, uh, despite being one of the youngest guys in that locker room. So you have all that. And then, really, talking to people throughout this process, it really wasn't tell me why Fernando Tatis is is good. We had Mm -hmm. established that. You know, you, you, you saw the tools, you saw power blossom, you saw. Uh, some abilities, you know, in the field that I think people previously questioned, Mm -hmm. but he showed he has them. Uh, It was more, okay, what's the degree we're talking about here? How good he is? Um, I think Padres fans have been dreaming of Carlos Correa. (laughs) I I want to just tell everyone to take it down a notch. Temper those expectations a little bit. (laughs) No evaluator sees that. Uh, Correa Mm -hmm. was more consistent, and the tools were a touch more prolific. Mm -hmm. Um, But you still see a guy who could be a potential franchise-type talent, a guy that can you know, really transform your your franchise and be that guy that, yeah, this is our guy we're sending mm-hmm. to the All-Star game every year. This is our guy that, you know, when we buy replica jerseys and, and want to make sure we're collecting the right rookie cards, you know, this is the guy you can really focus on it and potentially build your franchise mm-hmm. around. Uh, I think the most interesting things that came out of this, first and foremost, were that he did grow. You know, mm-hmm. he's listed still 6'3", 185. Uh, got confirmation. He's actually closer six four two oh five now. Wow, okay. So that sort of frames shifts the discussion a little bit about okay, you know, him playing shortstop. Mm-hmm. He's still eighteen. I don't know about you. I grew another inch, <laughs> uh, and you know when I was. I think 18. I'm still growing. Yeah, you know. So I, I think if all of a sudden it's hey he grows that extra inch mm-hmm. and now he's six, you know, if he takes another one inch twenty pound jump and all of a sudden he's 6'5", 225, <laughs> then he is going to have to move off third. But for now. He has shown, you know... Yeah, the, the, and we we do have some
0: bigger shortstops in the game now at the Major League level. I guess, what, are the, what is the breakdown of his defense at shortstop? You, you obviously mentioned the build, and that's obviously going to be a concern moving forward, but so, does he have the skills right now to play there?
1: So, yes, but it's more borderline for some scouts okay. than they would like, mm-hmm. um, where they say, you know, at times, it was interesting, so... Uh, Fort Wayne Tin Caps and their broadcaster, John Nolan, do an excellent job promoting their team on social media. There's a Mm. lot of clips out there. Um, A lot of Padres fans and observers got to see the highlight reel clips where he would make a crazy, rangy play, uh, particularly back over his right shoulder toward the left field foul line. Great on that. Uh, One thing that scouts did agree he's amazing at is getting up off the ground. He makes a dive. He's up off the ground in an instant Mm -hmm. and makes a a cannon throw. It's a pure 60-arm um, but one of the things that Valier has talked about is while you saw those highlight reel plays, on the play-to-play basis, mm-hmm. the everyday, you know, the ground ball up the middle, you know, the, the one he has to charge, um, there were plenty they felt like it, he didn't make or had a tougher time making, they thought it was fringy. Okay. So you heard them say things like fringy fringy range came up a few times. Uh, there were times he would show really excellent hands. When I've seen them, the hands have been silky smooth. Mm-hmm. There have been others evaluators have seen fringier hands. And so for them they say right now the range and the hands, like it, it's fine. He can play shortstop. Yeah. But if he takes that extra one inch, twenty pound jump and loses a step, mm-hmm. that extra step he would lose is going to be enough of a takeaway from his range okay. to put have to push in the third, even independent of just the fact that six five two twenty five generally is too yeah. big for short anyway. Um, but I think right now, look, he, he's a bigger body guy. He's a very lithe. He moves well. He moves better uh, to his right than he does to his left. Mm-hmm. But that's something that can you know potentially be worked on with time. Uh, it's a 60 arm, it's not a 70. Yeah. You know, Javier Guerra has the better arm in the system, mm-hmm. but Tatis is more than enough. Um, really, though, this is a guy who's going to be defined by his bat. And, and you know, some people have said, "Well, if he moves off short, how much you know value does it take away from him?" The fact that Manny Machado plays third base, he's still a better, more valuable player to have on your team than you know, 20 of the 30 major league shortstops yeah, out for there. Sure. When you have a certain level of talent, um, that's the level. That the, the one thing I want to finish on, and this was the most instructive thing i heard all offseason and this is a, a a rare treat i picked up recently before mm-hmm. uh or after handbook uh, deadline I, I was talking to someone you know fairly you know high up in the padres you know in terms of this is, wasn't a low-level guy it was a, mm-hmm. a decision maker who knows what he's talking about yeah and we were talking about tatis and how good he is and how good he could be and Look, every team considers their prospects, you know, best. If yeah. you ask the Padres if they would trade Fernando Tatis for Vlad Guerrero Jr., the Padres would say no. If you have to, if you ask the Blue Jays if they would trade Vlad Guerrero Jr. for Fernando Tatis, the Blue Jays would say mm-hmm. no. But talking to this individual, when we talked, he said, you know, there is one guy I would trade him for prospect wise, mm-hmm. and he wasn't counting Shohei Otani in this conversation. And he said, Acuna the one guy I might do it for. Okay. Which I thought was instructive because I I know that there were times that uh, we saw on social media, again, very eager and excited (laughs) Padres fans and eager and excited Braves fans would Mm -hmm. get into Twitter fights. I know you and I both kind of chuckled at them as they were happening. And I think all season throughout we heard from scouts, you know, hey, we love Tatis. Acuna is a a tick above. Mm -hmm. Um, And hearing that even from someone high up within the Padres that we love this guy. This is our face of the franchise future guy Mm -hmm. that, you know, we, we... are banking on to be our stud, mm-hmm. but we, but Acuna, there, there's a touch more there where you'd say, okay, I might do, I would do that deal. But that's the only one that the Padres, uh, at least this individual would consider okay. doing beyond that though Very I mean, cool. he's yeah. still a stud Tatis, that, that, definitely, was, that was a long uh, Tatis riff <laughs> no, I apologize you're good. no
0: I'm sure uh the Padres fans out there are thanking you for that but uh to get into another guy we just touched on uh is Mackenzie Gore one of the many high school guys at the top of the 2017 draft that started off their pro career pretty well Mackenzie Gore maybe more so than anyone else in this 2017 class you said he is more of a 1b than really a 2 uh what's so impressive about him I actually got to see him he's from North Carolina here before the draft and uh, my experience with him was I saw maybe his worst start of the spring season, and I think he still gave up two hits and uh, didn't allow a run. And after that, I talked to him, and he was just really ticked off because he wants to just win. That's all Mackenzie Gore wants to do is win games. And so far, it looks like he's going to set up his teams uh, to do that pretty well. But what are your thoughts on Gore for that two?
1: He's a country boy. You mm-hmm. didn't talk to him. It's that thick accident it, It's got a little bit of the Madison Baumgartner mm-hmm. attitude. Uh, that's not the best pitcher comp, though. Um okay. You know, we talk about, you know, 1A, 1B. If Tatis, everything comes together, you know, Manny Machado is kind of the, the dream comp. Mm-hmm. Mackenzie Gore, if everything comes together, the dream comp is Cole Hamels. Yep. Well, heck, one's a World Series MVP, you know, <laughs> one of the best left-hand stars in baseball for a decade. The other is one of the brightest young stars. Yeah. So uh, that's where you kind of get that 1A, 1B. With Gore, you're talking about a lefty. I mean, some of the people who saw him in the Arizona league after he signed said he was one of the best pitching prospects they've seen Mm -hmm. in 30 years of the league's existence. Um, It's four potential plus pitches with plus to double plus command Mm -hmm. in in the eyes of of the Padres as well as some other scouts around. And you're you're hard-pressed to find that package anywhere else in the minors.
0: especially for a guy who's so young and has such little experience in pro ball.
1: Right. You know, it's 92-96 already Mm -hmm. with, you know, snap off a breaking ball, 11-5, to he'll show you a slider. The changeup was even better uh, than they expected. The changeup,
0: so when I was talking to him and his pitching coach... before the draft, they, they mentioned the changeup was tough for him to throw a lot because his fastball and his breaking pitches were so good that throwing the changeup at that level in high school honestly just gave hitters a chance to catch up. Right. So I know he didn't get to throw it as much as he wanted, but now I'm assuming he's getting time to do that. So the development's already there with the changeup.
1: Yeah, it was kind of funny. I mean, uh, talking to some of the individuals, the pottery's like, yeah, he showed up and his changeup was plus. It was mm-hmm. better than we thought it was. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, the biggest thing with him now as amazing as this debut was, it was 24 innings of rookie ball. Exactly. And being a starter means taking the ball, you know, to start you know, early on, you know, 100, 120 innings to 140, 260. Mm-hmm. He did not play good competition at all in high school. He held his own when he had to face, you know, the upper-level guys, but mm-hmm. it happened so rarely uh, just by virtue of the size of the school he went to. No one's going to question his stuff, but... You know, seeing how the stuff plays day in, day out, full season against mm-hmm. pro guys will be instructive. And that's why, you know, we say Cole Hamels is the dream scenario. Everything exactly. comes together. We all know with high school pitchers, there's 85 different ways it can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now, it's a very high potential arm. But there's, there's, and even though he's advanced in the sense of advanced for a high schooler, mm-hmm. OK, you know, it's, that means instead of, you know, a four or five year run, a five year run through the Myers, it might be three years. It's, it's going to take time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Before we move on to some other players, I got to ask you about his windup. I got a ton of questions before the draft about the really high leg kick he has. One of the most unique deliveries you'll see. Did you have any people who are worried about that or do they see all. it more of a, a testament to his athleticism? Saw that's like what I got, more of the latter Testament
1: the to his athleticism. The one thing that came up about it was the leg kick. There were times it hurt his fastball command a mm-hmm. little bit. Okay. A very little bit. But you know, not enough that the evaluators themselves were worried. They'd rather have the deception, the, the athleticism, than okay, you know, if the fastball command to one side mm-hmm. is a touch off at 18 because of it we can work through that it's a okay. very minor thing
0: awesome and then obviously there are a lot of other talented players here from three through ten once you get past the 1a1b with tatis jr and gore um is it more of a a bundling of kind of all these guys or is there a clear separation between players as you go down the list yeah so in your mind
1: Michelle Baez actually is kind of that next tier mm-hmm. on a level by himself. Okay. Um, you get to that Cal Quantrill, Adrian Morahone, Luis Urias, 456. That's where it starts getting pretty interchangeable. Okay. of um, your
0: third tier guys in this
1: system. But, right, you know, you go down, Quantrill, Morahone, Urias, Ayrton Espinoza might still be a number one prospect mm-hmm. in a lot of systems. And yeah, baseball. just looking
0: at the grades on these guys, and you can get the details of this in the prospect handbook when it launches, uh, it's really impressive how high some of these grades are as you continue to go and down, about down it, through we, the list. We,
1: we reviewed some and ticked some down. Exactly. Because... A
0: guy we already mentioned has been ticked down, I know for sure. Yeah. But it's very impressive still. So I guess kind of, you, you talked about bias a little bit, we can touch on him if you want, but who's somebody maybe three through ten uh, who hasn't been getting the the notoriety as a, maybe a McKenzie Gore with the draft hype, the Arizona League hype that he got, that, that you want to touch on, it maybe impressed you more than you expected to before writing this or even before the season?
1: So, you know, Joey Lucchese was fascinating because Mm -hmm. last year I did the Padres list last year and when it came time to rank this system we got the reports on Eric Lauer and we got the reports on Joey Lucchese. Mm -hmm. And if you had just taken the names off of them and said report, report which one's better you would have picked Lucchese's. But you said okay, you know it's post-draft it's, you know Lauer's drafted higher You know, he got a a step ahead. He's a little younger, so, you know, Lauer should rank higher, and he Mm -hmm. did. And this year, not that, you know, Lauer Lauer was bad by any stretch, Mm -hmm. but Lucchese showed himself to be a stud. Now he's a little older. You know, he's a guy where people say, all right, there's older and there's some deception. You know, how much of that is him taking advantage of younger hitters? Except with him, it's real stuff. If it was deception, you know, you talk about Mackenzie Gore's leg kick. Joey Lucchese makes Mackenzie Gore look like your standard everyday pitcher. Now, it's, it's a different type of athleticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I put this to a couple of, of individuals, and they were like, you know, that's a good point. Lucchese's got kind of a different athleticism than a baseball athleticism. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, the way his body works and this the perfect lines, I actually mentioned, it's almost like watching the lines on a dancer. It's mm-hmm. precise but athletic, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It does. Um, you know, it's a funky delivery that throws, you know, hitters don't see the ball. They don't time it. It's a little bit of a leg turn. Mm-hmm. And then again, it's one thing if he does that and it's 86 to 88. It's 90-94, and he's touched a six. Mm-hmm. And he spots it both sides of the plate. There's a lot, and I mean a lot, of called strikes because guys just don't pick it up. And by yeah. the time they do, it's too late. Oh, by the way, here's a change that looks like a breaking ball out of the hand and draws some silly swings. I mean silly swings from advanced discipline hitters at double A. And, oh, by the way, here's a curveball that just hard late mm-hmm. drop. I mean, it's three above-average pitches, all of which play up. Deception, athleticism. You know, I think people are still hesitant because they see funky lefty old for the level, mm-hmm. and that automatically makes them reverse course a little bit. Um, I'm I'm going to say it, you know, and, and I understand that, and I respect the people whose opinion it is, and that's why Lucchese is even as low as he mm-hmm. is. Um It should not shock anybody on this list, anybody, if Joey Lucchese has a better big league career than a chunk of the guys ahead of him. Okay,
0: very cool. Then you look at his numbers. He's really performed since he started in pro ball. But when you you jump up to double A and the strikeout per nine goes down pretty significantly as opposed to what he did in short season ball, low A, high A. Uh, is there any concern there? Or is it more getting acclimated to the level? Because he did throw in around 60 innings in double-A, so where, and that's what are your where, thoughts on that? And that's
1: where the little bit concern comes, is, yeah. okay, is the advanced guy going to be thrown off as much by the mm-hmm. delivery, because... You know, 90, 93, there were times where it might drop down to an 89-ish. So on those days where, okay, if it's more in that 89 to 91 range Mm -hmm. and those advanced guys aren't as thrown off by the deception and they can time them a little bit better, Mm -hmm. you're going to see the strikeouts per nine go down. At the same time, because he's aggressive, pitches ahead, even though the K's per nine went down, kept runs off the board, kept hits off the board, limited base runners, filthy pickoff move, by the way, to control the run game, one of the nastiest in the minors. Mm -hmm. So even though there were guys still able to maybe make contact because they weren't as fooled by the deception, they weren't able to square a yep. ton up. So I still think, and that's where you get the more, okay, I see him more as a 4-5 than a 3, but you know, one of the general consensus is I think he can be a 4-5 and have some years that are equivalent to a 3 when mm-hmm. everything's really synced up.
0: Okay, very cool. And then kind of moving through the list, there are a couple other guys I wanted to ask you about. Uh, Just because they're interesting to me, maybe that's a selfish way of going about this. But
1: uh, (laughs) there's a lot of interesting guys. How
0: about Josh Naylor? He's interesting because if you're looking ahead to the 2018 draft, his brother Noah is also one of the the bigger high school prospects. They're different players. They have some similarities. Josh is near the middle of your list. Uh, What is the consensus on him?
1: So it's kind of funny, right? There seems to be this group on the fan base side that. He's Pablo Sandoval, he's Prince Fielder, which yeah. he's not. In any way, shape, or form, nowhere close. Mm-hmm. There's also this group on the other side that's like, oh, he's just a fat, overweight, you know, unathletic guy. Yeah. Which is also not correct. Talking to evaluators, it's actually really consistent. Mm-hmm. And it's chance to be average big league first baseman, which is about 260, 25 home runs. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 what he has a chance to be nothing crazy like Prince Fielder nothing you know he's not it's not like there's no ceiling there Um, you see big hand eye you see fantastic hand eye coordination you see bat speed Mm -hmm. you see ability to control the strike zone Couple things. Obviously, he's a bigger guy. He was two twenty-five when he was mm-hmm. drafted, so he's still listed at. He's actually about two sixty now. Okay. So anytime you see anyone put on thirty-five pounds in two years, and look, the belly protrudes. Yep. It's not a pretty. That weight. was
0: always a question mark when he was drafted. I'm imagining it's going to continue to be some uh, a question and, that people have with him. And
1: they've talked about, you know, they start to see it uh, his ability to get uh, get into his legs a little bit yeah. in terms of the way he hits. It's kind of a hard front side collapse. So that's why you don't see him get to a lot of his power. Pitch recognition, figuring out what pitches he can Mm -hmm. drive. There's a lot of times you'll see him collapse hard to his front side, but his hand-eye coordination is so good he'll still hit it. Mm -hmm. It just isn't elevated. He's not able to get to anything really below Mm -hmm. his waist. If you throw him a fastball at the belt, he'll crush it. Belt or above. If you throw him a breaking ball, you know at the knees, he'll make contact with it, but he doesn't elevate it. Some of that is there's so it's a matter of
0: getting to that good impact.
1: Right, getting that good impact, and some of that's going to be body maintenance. Some of that's going to be, you know, working on his swing a little bit to not collapse so hard on his front side. Some of that's going to be, you know, pitch selection. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance for – he's better defensively than you think. He's more athletic than you think. He actually posts some average run times. Um, so, again, there, there's things he's – you know, body maintenance, pitch selection, swing path, but they're all fixable, and you see enough ingredients that – you're not going to jump ship. But no one should confuse him for the next great you know, power-hitting first mm-hmm. baseman. It's a 260-25 it's a home run chance if he takes the appropriate steps. Okay,
0: very cool. And then I kind of want to ask you about just a sleeper pick that you had. Who's a guy in this system who, who you're impressed with, who maybe the general fan base doesn't know a ton about at this point, or who jumped out this year and maybe had a breakout season? Uh, a guy that really is going to be on the radar soon, who maybe isn't just yet.
1: So, well, there's two there's guys. A lot of guys you could pick. From yeah, this I'm going to pick two. The first is I think Padres fans have gotten themselves very excited about Andres mm-hmm. Munoz, and for good reason. The guys, really good, and they've forgotten about Trey Wingenter, who, yep. by the way, six seven, 96 to ninety eight, touch a hundred. Sliders gotten better. Double A success. It's six seven downhill at a hundred. No one, you can't touch that. Uh, this is a guy that I think is going to get some important outs for the Padres bullpen uh, for years to come. Uh, I know quite a few people last year who said, "Hey, this is a guy in the system we we're targeting in trades," and that's only increased mm-hmm. this year. Um, so that's the guy that you know people get excited about, Andres Munoz. Trey Winglanders every bit as good of a relief prospect. Another guy um, that you know I think is really primed to make a big jump next mm-hmm. year is Jason Rosario. This was a guy who was number six on our international rankings in 2016. Uh, crazy athlete, standing backflip, run. You know, shows plus plus standing run, backflip, standing backflip, uh, plus plus run times on the 60. It plays more plus above mm-hmm. average plus on the field. Uh, great strikes on discipline. And the thing with him is he was always he was kind of physically slight uh, when he was in the Padres yeah. futures game at Petco uh, not 17 but 2016 you could see it he's added strength you see the bats be taken up you see the authority mm-hmm. take up he's really over the past year or two uh, this year and into this fall mm-hmm. I should say you see the strength and the, and the impact start to come with the bat I think that's a guy that you know. This time next year, we could be yeah. talking about a potential top ten guy if the strength takes hold. Yeah.
0: And a guy who had thirty three walks and thirty six strikeouts, an OBP over four hundred. That's really impressive for that age. And
1: can drive the ball the other way already. Plays center field. You know, there's a lot to like there, both in terms of skills, profile, pedigree. This is a guy who could be a top 10 prospect in the system this time next year. Wow.
0: That is a good one. That is a good one to watch out for. I guess, how about the opposite direction? Who's a guy who maybe had a down year who you still believe in or who actually just needs to go out there and prove that he's still an elite talent and is still a guy who you need to watch out for? We're talking top 30 prospects, so this is kind of yeah. like all of them are. So I, don't...
1: I mean, I, th- I think Jorge Onia is the guy that a lot of people, uh, scouts, want to see more from. Okay. Um, you know, he's a physical guy, he's a strong guy, um, but there's a lot of concern about the holes in his swing, the swing length, whether or not this is a guy who's ever going to get the barrel to the ball enough in game situations. Mm-hmm. He, he puts on ridiculous batting practice shows, but BP and a game are two different animals. Exactly. So, so I've had
0: 11 home runs this year.
1: Right, but, you know, for a guy who's, you know, his pedigree, 11 homers, a 405 slug, and low A, yeah. was not what people wanted to more. see. And a combination, again, just he doesn't play very good defense, our left or right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not the most athletic guy. He's already pretty big, doesn't move all that great. He has moments. He had a triple in their on deck game. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, there's some speed there. But yeah. play to play, day to day, the roots in and reads in the outfield are not good. This is a guy who's going to have to bash, and there's enough concerns about the swing path. And just the general feel for the barrel, whether he'll be able to do that. Um, but again, 20-year-old, huge transition Cuba to U.S. I think it's wise to be wary, but it's also wise to kind of give a little bit of a mulligan and not okay. totally jump ship. All
0: right, very cool. Uh, any other players that we haven't mentioned that you want to touch on or just, just some strengths and weaknesses you feel like we should talk about? This is obviously a really exciting system. Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, we'll, we could dive into it. The,
1: the, the world's discovered Luis Urias uh, a year after we did. I'm stoked on that. He's a great <laughs> player. He's got a bright future ahead. Uh, the most exciting thing about him was, it was, you know, plus defense at second base, can fill in at shortstop, played short more and more this year, mm-hmm. and by the time he got to the fall league, I had one evaluator throw a plus on his shortstop defense wow. in the fall league. So that progression, um, if you have, you know, someone asked me the other day, God, you know, do you think the Padres can move him around? Third, second, From so I'm like, no, just put him at second. Let him be a gold glove winning batting champion at second base. Just don't <laughs> yeah. mess with it. Just that's what he is. You look um, at
0: guys like this with hit tools that are that advanced. Do you, Who's, I guess, who's the last prospect that you've either covered or, or written about who has a hit tool that's this impressive? Is there any guy that comes to mind or is he kind of top the list? You're just talking pure uh, hit tools, not power potential or anything like that. But uh, when I hear about Luis Arias, I automatically think his of that as impressive batting.
1: His barrel control, hand-eye coordination, mm-hmm. I mean, given, you got to remember, I was covering the majors before this and prospects yep. in the years. I mean, I, I started doing some prospects of 2011 in high desert. So those six years, oh boy.
0: <laughs> Putting you on the spot here, Kyle. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: combination age, hand-eye coordination, barrel control, strength and discipline. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, it's elite. There's no question about it. Um, Yeah,
0: a guy at Double A, 68 walks, 65 strikeouts. I
1: mean, and again, was hitting 320, and then he rolled his ankle, Mm -hmm. and that's why his numbers were depressed. And then he goes back in the fall league and hits 320 again. So he's a stud. Gabriel Arias is is a a standout in the making. A lot of people feel like another young shortstop. Um, You know, there's a lot of guys here that I think have a chance to, to do some big things as we move forward into the next year. Um, it would not be a surprise if, if the Potters graduate, you know, two or three guys off this list at another two or three step Yeah, who in. are some of the
0: guys who are looking to make an impact in the big league club sooner rather than so later? So that's, that's
1: the kicker, right, with mm-hmm. this system where they f- fall, you know, the decision with Braves, White Sox, them. Mm-hmm. The Braves have guys who can come up and help this year. Exactly. The White Sox have guys who can come up and help this year. The Potters don't have that. You mm-hmm. might see Quantrill, who... By the way, is still fine. That's a couple people who are wanting to jump ship. Chill, he's good. Um, you know, Yeah, I you think look
0: at their first two guys, nineteen ninety nine right. is when they I were mean, born. I mean, they're younger guys at the top
1: of this system. I mean, again, people keep saying Lucchese's the first guy that's gonna get there. Mm-hmm. I mean you might you might see Lucchese, you might see Lauer, you might see Quantrill. You know, Franchi Cordero mm-hmm. got there last year, he'll be back. But you know, in terms of the top-level guys, the White Sox, you know, Eloy and Kopech, mm-hmm. the Braves, you know, uh, Acuna and Soroka, those guys are, are further along than mm-hmm. the Padres' top guys. So to answer your question, it's you might see a, a hint of a guy middle this year, Urias might get there, mm-hmm. uh, but you're not going to see the first wave sort of settle in until I think 2019 at the earliest. Okay. And then, you know, that's when you'll start to see, okay, 2019 is when you'll see, hey, we've got Tatis, we've got Arias, we've got we've got these guys that are infield now, Quantrill, Lucchese, and Lauer are full-time members of the rotation as opposed mm-hmm. to getting their feet wet. I think that's when you'll start to see it really kind of settle in as opposed to, you know, this year. All right.
0: Well, uh, if there's nothing else that you want to mention before we wrap this up, I appreciate you taking us through the Padres system. Kyle, any last thoughts before we wrap up?
1: Keep watching Esther E. Ruiz. <laughs> it's another another nice player to keep an eye on, and a uh, lot of lot of good a uh, lot of good talent. I think you just you know. Hope, hope it all stays healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's you know We've seen Espinoza go down for two years. Mason Thompson's been wrecked by injuries. Yeah, there are some
0: guys like Cal Quantrill and Espinoza who have that injury history you want to watch so out that's, for. So that's always the thing to watch, but, things.
1: you know, if, if everything, you know, Andrew Morhone's still young, working on his durability. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baez, you know, is physical enough to hold up, but again, he's also a guy who has yet to pitch more than uh, 70-some odd innings. So mm-hmm. durability is a thing, but as long as these guys stay healthy, man, there's there's some some bright futures ahead.
0: Alright, awesome. If you guys want all the details on the Top 30 of the Padre system, be sure to check out the Prospect Handbook when that comes out. Uh, for Kyle, I'm Carlos Colazzo. Thanks everyone for listening